Well, hello and uh, well, welcome along once again to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. This week, uh, we're recording, well, I'm in Edinburgh, but our guest is in Argentina, uh, Mike Adamson, who was the first Scottish referee to officiate the Rugby Championship last week, the, the game between Argentina and Australia. He involved again this week as an assistant referee uh, in the, the rematch. Um, so, yeah, first of all, you're, you're in Argentina, just had breakfast. Um, how is it down there? How's the how's the travel? How's the life on the road as a referee? Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, we were in Mendoza last week. Um, my second time in Mendoza. First time was about 17 years ago with the under 21s when they had the, the World oh, Championship right. there. So it was nice oh, to. Uh, I wonder if you got to say sevens, but it was under 21s. But yeah, under 21s. I'm I'm that old that uh, it was under 21s back uh. then. Me too. Did you win? Uh, <laughs> we did all right, actually. I think we finished sixth, I think. Uh-huh. We lost to Argentina in the 5-6 playoff. I remember, I think we played Australia, Wales, Canada. Then we beat Wales in the 5-8 in the five to, five to eight playoff and then lost to Argentina in the last game. So, But, you know, it was a good good trip back then. So, n- nice to nice to visit and again the, and see Was the, see the, pitch, the pitch that you were refereeing on on Saturday, was that where you played? And Mendoza all those years ago. That's where they played the that's the where final. they played the semi-finals and finals, yeah. Ah, so okay. it was the um I think the the last the Malvinas oh, Stadium. Good uh, memory. I think where where the where the Scotland had a famous football team had a famous victory in yes. I think it was over Holland in this in this was it 78 78 World Cup down there. Oh, yeah. So there that's, that's where that was. That's where oh, that was. Lovely. Well done. Ah, good. Well, there's nothing wrong with the memory. I know the traveling and we we'll touch it. We'll maybe touch on that in terms of how I suppose lonely a place. It can be. I know you. You'll be travelling with your, your team of four. Is that right? You're, you're the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Same, same team of four. Yeah, yeah. And does, does that help? Team. Does that help preparation? And obviously, you get to know each other really well. You know each other well anyway. But in terms of hot debriefs and hot topics, you can you can get a, you can get into yeah. it. Right, or does it mean you can't really get away from it at all? Like I, I find it really good, especially especially when you're away for a couple of weeks because you're with the guys that you're working with for the full week. So yeah. the preparation's a lot, a lot easier than trying to do it over emails and Zooms and present sending presentations out and things like that. So like, I really enjoy it being away, away with the team for, for the full time. Just means preparation's a lot more thorough. Um, you can really sit sit down and go over clips. Um, and then the review, especially this week, it's a lot it's a lot easier to review the game. So say yesterday, we just, just put it on, on in my room, on the telly, just sat for three hours, just going through, going through the whole game, going through... <laughs> So, sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds, that used to be horrible as a player. Before there was a yeah. advantage in, well, you'll remember, before there was huge advantages in uh, player analysis and, and video analysis, it used to be the tape, didn't it? It would put the tape in yeah, the old VCR the press play yeah. and you'd watch the whole thing, usually on a Monday yeah. morning. Uh, and when yeah. you know what's coming, it's, it's, it's a lot worse. The, um, what was the I'll take you back to Saturday's great as say the first Scottish referee to, to referee in the rugby championship and you know having the experiences you've had over the last three or four years these landmarks and these achievements you're you're reaching I suppose my mind goes to the comparison between Six Nations rugby and rugby championship rugby the game's becoming more global of course it is and you'll know a lot of the players and have refereed a lot of the players as individuals anyway but did it seem different the rugby championship to the Six Nations in any way yeah I guess so. I think I think rugby championship and Six Nations probably just like a different brand different style of rugby I think just because I, I think I asked a question last week just around referee style does it does it change between north and southern hemisphere and mm-hmm. I said not not really it's normally just the style that you, the brand of rugby that you're refereeing is slightly yeah. different so refs have to make a slight adjustment rather than any any differences in, in refereeing interpretation but no, it was, look it was it was a great experience especially especially over in Argentina a place probably not as familiar for us to to come over to and referee 
and we're we're more used to staying in Europe or, or down to South Africa more often. So like it, for me, it was a great experience. Especially like we always chat about about these these times and the games that you referee, and you end up going to places that you'd never visit yeah. as a going on holiday. You, you mm-hmm. go to these, go to Mendoza, which I had been before, but obviously seventeen years ago. I'm up, I'm up in San Juan just now, which mm-hmm. I'll. I will never come come up. I'd never take take anybody take my other half over here on on holiday. And so it's yeah, I I I love it. I love right. it. It's just such different culture. The people over here are so friendly, so nice. We're made to feel so welcome over here. So it's like I I find it great. It must be must be good if a if a referees have been made friendly and welcome. <laughs> it must be, it must be something special. The game itself, I actually watched the game and ended up you know forty one twenty six to Australia. It didn't seem I know they scored with the final play. Great advantage, by the way, to let him let him keep going through that red time. It was about two or three times that I thought there's going to be a try either way. Uh, yeah, in that last yeah. Couple, it was a couple of minutes of red time, wasn't it? But it was the Aussies that picked up. Yeah. I think was that the fifth try. So there were seven tries overall, but it was tight in that first half, wasn't it? Argentina led for most of the game. But were you impressed with the way that Australia stuck to their stuck to their task and almost got on the right side of the of the referee, as we say, the right side of discipline in the second half, which gave them field position to strike, but. I was pretty impressed by how Australia dug out what looks like a convincing victory, but it wasn't. No, it was like it was it was close most of the game. I think yeah, yeah Argentina went in at half time, nine points up. And then yeah, Australia just I think just dominated more of the possession, the territory in the second half that just put them into good field positions. Um, their driving ball just it worked. I think they scored three yeah. tries off the driving ball. So I think I think ultimately that that was the difference in, in the game. And they put they put Argentina under pressure in that second half, which which I think told in the end of the game. But no, I, look, I was really impressed um, with both teams. I think Argentina, like some of the tries that were scored, yeah. uh, Argentina scored a, a fantastic try, wasn't it? The second, yeah, try. in the yeah, um, in this in the second half. So yeah, look, I was I was really impressed. It's funny because you we can almost make that link, and we were talking earlier about the difference between Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere brands and style. But over the seven tries, five of them came from lineouts inside the opposition twenty-two. You know, two or three malls, a penalty try, uh, and I think Australia's first try. Although they scored through through the midfield, it, it launched from that 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 kind of that mall that that line attack. So it, although there's some subtle differences in the game, I guess to referee. That bit is pretty similar across international rugby, isn't it? It's just so important for teams to to get the discipline right. That, puts them in the right area of the field and then that, that can from from line out. So that, that would be familiar to you, I guess. Imagine yeah, no, definitely. That. I think um I think similar similar in this game that set piece was really important. Yeah. Um and if you can control territory, if you control your your entries into twenty twos and, and have possession there, then then ultimately if if you build the pressure then the defense the defense will give it at some mm-hmm. point, I think. But yeah no it's, it's yeah. Very, very similar to to some games refereed up north where you get the driving ball and like to, to be honest, going into this game we knew that most areas of the game would be fairly heavily contested, especially the driving ball, especially at scrum time. And um, there's a lot of jacklers around the pitch that we're going to be putting a lot of pressure on at breakdown. So yeah, I, I guess the blueprint sense, for international rugby, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get, and and I guess in that sense, it's very similar to some games that that we're seeing. Six Nations or or EPC or URC. And how does this week contrast and compare in terms of your preparation? Obviously, assistant referee this week does. Who, who's yeah. who's who's refing this week? Who's uh, so it's Carl Dixon. So he oh. so he was on touch. So it, yeah. it's the same team of four. So yeah. um, and Carl refereed so this did, week. And I'll... so did you lead last week's preparation? And does Carl lead this week, or is it pretty similar? Yeah, um, very similar. I, th- I think going into last week, um, our main preparation focus was on the July windows where we'll. Where we'd watch England playing Australia and the Argentina and the Scotland series, um, Argent down in Argentina. Um, so this week, this week's mainly an addition on to what we 
and prep for last week. Yeah. Obviously, just just refed last weekend, so our focus is on what went well in that game because it would be very similar teams. What went well in that game? What do we need to improve on? Um, are there any areas of the game that we need to tighten up on? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving into this week, we've got about another day of rev- day and a bit of reviewing to go. So I've just had feedback in from Australia. So uh, we've just been going through clips from Dave Rennie, which yeah, been pretty. Been, that's a big. That's a big part uh, of the the process, though, isn't it? Because you 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 look for dialogue, and it happens every week, doesn't it? In terms of head coaches yeah. sending, and that, that's a process. That's it. Sending the clips, and it's two way feedback, isn't it? I mean, there's positive stuff. There'll be stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, and that, yeah. that's not that's that that happens every week, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, so. For example, the clips that have come in, there's um, examples where um, Australia were happy with how things were refereed. They thought thing um, some areas were consistent, and there's some areas that they're looking for clarification on. Was this okay? Was it? How, how can we how can we show a better picture in around either the the breakdown or the line out? What what do you want us to try and improve on yeah. so we can cut our penalty penalties down? Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a two way two way street, and it's it's the way that I like reviewing games with with coaches or, or world rugby. And um, yesterday uh, we had a, a call with all the scrum coaches from from TRC. So mm-hmm. there's myself, Angus Gardner, um, all the scrum coaches, and uh, world rugby management. So there's clips put up around scrum time. So there's some good discussions. Breakfoot um, chat was a was a lot of breakfoot mentioned. A little, little bit of breakfoot, little bit of breakfoot <laughs> chat. I, I I just find those those calls really really interesting. Uh-huh. A really good way for for us referees to to learn as well, especially when you have got four four international world class scrum coaches on a call and you're listening to their discussions around certain areas. And it's I always find it interesting when there's not one right answer from it on a certain clip. Well, that's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask without giving too much away. Is there a almost a, a consensus of what they're putting forward, or is it four individual points of views and nuances? And ultimately, um, which one is right? It's so difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I, I think I think like most head coaches, every every scrum scrum coach will have their own philosophy, their own ways of looking at at a scrum. The those the technical technicalities that that they all bring forward. But ultimately, they'll they'll all have slightly different ideas of what is correct or what is the the right way of doing things. And like, and I think they appreciate that because we we'd watch a clip and we watch a replay and we'd slow it down and we'd uh, go back and watch it four times. And we're like saying, hold on, you don't get that. We've game. got two. We've got we've got two seconds to look at this and we've got yeah. to make our decision. So yeah. if you guys are struggling to watch it four times in slow motion and and seeing mm-hmm. who was at fault, then like try putting yourselves in our our position where I get I guess as referees we're trying to see a big we're trying to see the yeah. big picture of the scrum we're trying to see the very clear and obvious we're we're, we're, we're yeah. looking at different different things at scrum um, and I guess when you slow it down and you look at intricacies of um, hand positions shoulder positions did he twist slightly did he drop his shoulder um, did he readjust his bind and mm. then it get it gets very tricky when you get into the technicalities and mm-hmm. and I think we. We just kind of said on the on the call we we're trying to really judge on the the big picture items the very, the clear and obvious that we want to try and 
get right. That's, that's an important point, isn't it? Because everybody else watching TV and commentating on it and commenting on it have do have that, you know, the luxury of, of looking at time and time again, slowing it down, different angles, this, that, next thing. But I assume in terms of the scrum, what helps that is a stable platform. So getting the first bit right in terms of the setup, that would be the, the primary thing you would look at, wouldn't it, being that right? And then if that's right, then hopefully you've got a better, a more stable product so you can, there's less that can go wrong because you hear the setup being right and the balance and the stability before they come together. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a big area that we try and focus on is the setup and getting the setup right because if you get the, the foundations, the platform correct, then you're more likely to get successful outcome. So as referees, we try and make sure the gap's not too big. We try and make sure that the cadence of our calls are appropriate. So we're not, if, if we go through the crouch bind set too quickly, yeah. Yeah. then we're going to get, it's going to be rushed. So if we make sure that they're controlled and good spacings between the calls, it gives the players more confidence to get their feet positions right, to get their height right. And when we go into the engagement, we're more likely to get a solid engagement rather than a rushed, unsteady engagement. So yeah, that's it's same at same at lineout time. We, we work hard to try and get the setup of the lineout right, make sure the gap is correct, make sure the hooker's in the middle make sure that there's somebody two meters in the channel, make sure the receiver's two meters. There's a lot to, there's a yeah. lot that goes on when we're, when the referees are trying to make sure everything's correct at, at set piece that probably goes unnoticed, but we yeah. are trying to make sure that we're looking around gaps, good hookers in the middle, receivers two and two, got two meters in the channel. The back lines are starting 10, the, uh, the attacking nine's back 10, and we're making sure he's not coming early. So there's a lot happening before that the ball actually about. comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Just one last one on that. And you've played nine as well, Mike. But see when you go around the kind of wrong side of the scrum now and again, you have a look at the far side. Do the, do the nine still have a dig at each other and try and knock the ball out of their hands or get, no, get nasty? Not as, not as not much, much. Yeah, not as much. Anyway. I, know, I know we've seen, like I remember playing at nine you get used to get your your feet stood on quite a lot when you're <laughs> when the referee wasn't there even if the referee was there to be fair. as soon as it goes um, on the far side yeah uh, that's, a, that's a that's a nice for you um I, I, on that as well i think it's really good because the it seems to be the approach from the coaches is to see what they need to get right and see what the team needs to get right in order to be successful rather than a blame game or saying this was wrong or you know there seems to be a, a positive mindset especially from dave the stuff that you've gotten already listen what can we do in order to make sure we're squeaky clean? I had a look at the penalty count. That's quite high. It's 30. Well, the stats I saw, and, and I think it was the Rugby Championship website, it was, it was 30 overall. So 14 penalties conceded from Argentina, 16 from Australia. So they've obviously highlighted that as well. They want to get that down. Um, so it's good that they're looking at themselves and what they can do rather than just saying, this was right, this was wrong, uh, and almost pointing the finger elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. I think it's I think it's part, part of the game. And it, like I was probably expecting the penalty count to be quite high, just with the nature of... I said it before, I think all areas were going to be contested. Yeah. And coming from the July window, one of our focuses was on space in the games of the offside lines. Yeah. There's probably a few few extra offsides. Um I think there's three offsides from from line out the backs encroaching on the ten. Engaging which too quickly, yeah. It's probably it's probably quite unusual in a in a game, but we had three of them just because it was a Look, and it's we have meetings with the coaches before before the games as well, and it's an area that we highlighted as well that we were going to go pretty hard at, at space and offside to so just make sure. And, and and the teams had already teams had already prepared for that as well because I think they noticed and had feedback from World Rugby that that that, that area needed to be better. So it's it's look, and it's it's sometimes a game as well that I sometimes find there's certain games that you you can manage a bit more, mm-hmm. so that you can you can get into the breakdown, you can. Do, do a lot more managing and there's some games that 
doesn't matter how much you manage or, or, or sometimes you can overmanage games and then you don't get the you don't get the right outcomes at the end because it turns into a bit of a meh it, it, it can sometimes turn into a bit messy game mm-hmm. whereas if you're sanctioned a bit more there's a lot more structure structure around the game and we know we know it's not an easy job (laughs) we know how hard it is but it's nine years i was reading it's nine years since you started refereeing obviously played a lot before that can you um does it seem like nine years or is it flown by pretty quickly probably not to be honest i think what was your first can you remember that your very first uh, my very very first one i think was the the glasgow vets against the (laughs) the glasgow medics I put Garski on a on a on a Wednesday on a cold Wednesday night. <laughs> Talk about getting um, messy. That would have been chaotic in yeah. the end, was it? What was my my first kind of senior game was a I think it was I can't remember. A long time. It's nine years ago. Nine years ago. It was nine years ago. It was nine years ago. Um, it's been it has flown by to be fair, and I think I think starting in the sevens mm-hmm. and refereeing that for two and a half three years. Was like I, I think sevens is great, and I think it's a great, great way to develop and develop your one your technical, your technical skills around the breakdown because decisions there are just very, yeah. very fast. It's a very because there's not many numbers, you just have to referee very accurately around the breakdown. So I think that really helps. I also think it helps with maturing as being able to travel by yourself, meeting people that you've probably never met before in your life. Uh, from all different parts of the world. And I think the, the one thing that I found different from refereeing, um, coming from a playing background to refereeing, is the independence you get as a referee. I think when you're a player, everything is done for you. Yep. Um, you you know, you're told what time to turn up at the, uh, the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, you All your transfers are sorted. All your meals are sorted. Um, your hotel sorted. There's, there's very little that... That the players have to sort out where we have to sort out our flight, like find our flights. We we find which hotels we're going to. We have to sort out our taxes. Mm-hmm. We have to sort out all our meals, and it, it it's very very quickly. You're you're over in or you're down in down in Cape Town, or you're over in Wellington, New Zealand, and you're or or in Hong Kong, and you're you're suddenly going right. Where am I going for dinner tonight? Where, yeah. How am I getting from the How am I getting from the airport to the the hotel in a country that I don't really speak much. Much of their language, it's yeah, it's very quickly you, you find you find you're in um uh, in a different country and uh, having to do having to do everything yourself. That's maybe not a bad idea. Maybe we should try that every now and again. Just say to the players, um, <laughs> like, you got to sort yourself out yeah. first, doesn't it? I'm saying that's maybe, <laughs> that, that's maybe one thing we should get the players to do every now and again on a preseason game. Listen, get yourself there, organize where you're staying. That'd be a good <laughs> exercise, in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned as a plane just before we move on. You obviously came from a playing background. We played against each other, played alongside each other as well. I assume you have, your mind has changed, but was there a point where you went from thinking as a player to thinking as a referee? Or do you still think thinking as a player? If that makes sense first, or is it just... Yeah. I don't know. Like It seems I think, as if I refereed, I would think as a player and then try and kind of enjoy the game. But you, you can't have that mindset as a referee. You have to be on it right away. Yeah, I think... The first year, the first couple of years after you transition, you're in the player mindset, and you're like, "Yeah, what what would I like as a player? Yeah, how would I like how would I like this to be refereed?" And then then you suddenly realise, or you figure out, well, not everybody played like me, not everybody thought like me as a player. So all of a sudden, you get very inconsistent. Team teams are wanting different things to to be refereed. So very quickly, you have to now start thinking as a referee and what what structures are are needed and how, how to be consistent because it's it's no point me having one idea another referee having another idea and another referee having a 
totally different idea. And then you get no consistency. And one of the big things, and we always talk about in refereeing, is consistency of decisions, consistency of, of performance. And you, you have to very quickly kind of not tow the party line, but there'll be de- certain areas that, yeah. that need to be refereed the same. So you can't really have, as a, you can't go from being a player and going, well, I, I don't care about how they want to do it. I want to do it my yeah. own way. It's, you, you can't really do that. You know, it's, it's so much to, to learn, but you'll get a lot of support with that, will you? And JP Doyle works at Scottish Rugby. I, you know, fairly recently appointed in terms of in, in directing. You take a lot of um, experience from him. You work alongside other professional referees at Scottish Rugby. For, so for someone coming into the, the refereeing fraternity, there's a lot of support available as well, isn't there? No, definitely. I think JP's addition to Scottish Rugby has been great. He's obviously refereed at the highest level. I think it just provided or provides us with just a different voice a different way of thinking I think the longer you do something the more comfortable you get with that and you you, you kind of set in your own ways when when you've got somebody else coming in with different ideas new ideas it kind of freshen things up a bit and I think JP's definitely done that and yeah look we've he's only recently started but we've we're definitely working really well together and I think the other the other guys Sam Holly and Ben have are really enjoying it as well in a different um just creates a different environment as well now as uh, as as we move forward and look i think things are going um well just now within scottish referees obviously holly's been doing amazingly well just refereed the final of the the commonwealth games uh first um led the first female team in a in a tier one international uh, involving italy which which again is, is an amazing achievement uh, for her uh, individually, but also it, I think it just shows the the work that's been that's been happening within within Scottish referees, and uh, we've had we've had some changes as well personnel wise within our management, which again freshens things up and and challenges and keeps challenging us uh, a bit more and more as we move forward. Yeah, you always get law changes freshened up as well. <laughs> like the <topic laughs> conversation, does. I think every every time you watch a game, there's more opinions on new laws and different laws. How hard is it to keep up with that? Because it changes pretty quickly, doesn't it? In terms of what the focus is, the focus is, but in terms of the law, certainly recently, I know there's nothing changes unless it's a, a kind of player welfare element between the, the, the final year and the lead up to a Rugby World Cup. But you are constantly being challenged with new laws, new trends, new focuses. It must be quite hard to adapt at times. Yeah, I think rugby is very unique with the number of changes that happen over from season to season. I think, look at, I think we know why they happen. They're they're either it's a player safety issue, mm-hmm. or they're trying to make the game better, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is great. Uh, but it does challenge challenges the referees because all of a sudden you've got five new laws and thing, things happen so quickly. And especially that you come with the the fifty twenty two and all of a sudden there's a kick that goes out in the 22 and everybody's appealing for a 50-22 and you're like, <laughs> and, and, and that's, where the, that's where the teamwork is needed because yeah. you've got the two ARs in the sideline yeah. and then you've got the TMO as a kind of a backstop and you've got the goal line dropouts because so, some things come natural, like yeah. like a, a 22 dropout, it's, it's natural. Like, yep. you know, you, you get used to going inside, carried back, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden you've now got a 50-22 and then you're trying to remember to say carry back in, always uh-huh. inside, uh, and things like that, which is not it's not quite natural yet. So that's where you kind of need the the support from your from your guys around you. Yeah, Mike. Before before you go, it's great to have the time. You've just had your breakfast. You've got loads to do, and we've spoken about how difficult it is to referee with law changes, with 
pressure from players appealing for, you know, you speak about the, the 50-22 and then pressure from the crowd, so much going on, split second stuff, one opportunity to see what happens, no replays. It's a difficult gig, of course it is. Um, but it's the most difficult thing at the moment, or one of the most difficult things at the moment, dealing with the constant kind of opinion on performance and scrutinising every single incident in the match that leads to big debate, you know, outside the game. That must be pretty difficult to deal with. And I hope it's something that, when you guys get support with, but I hope it's something that doesn't put referees becoming referees in the future. Yes, I think as the years have gone gone by, it's it's, it's no longer just the the Sunday papers that, <laughs> that provide feedback on on the on the referee and you've now got social media and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all these um where it's not just the journalists that now have a voice. Every everybody seems to now have a, a voice and opinion. I think one of the, the important things for us is learning which voices to listen to and it's probably not mm-hmm. uh Stevie one two eight five uh, on Twitter. Um he, his voice is probably not the, the most important one. Um, it's it's important that you you listen to your trusted people around you for for their opinions. Um, and obviously don't don't listen to somebody's criticism that you wouldn't go to for advice. Yeah, and I, I think it's something I tell the tell the other guys as well. If if somebody somebody online's wanting to have a shot at them, then they they're not the that's not the important voice. Their their opinion doesn't matter. It's it's the opinions of of your trusted that that matter most. But yeah, like it's it is something that that comes with the comes with the gig and it. <clears throat> It is challenging at times. Like I've I've taken Twitch off my phone because after games you get a lot of notification. You used to get well, I used to get a lot of notifications, and as you can imagine, they're not all positive. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think as we can do things to mitigate what we see, and I think it's important to do that. And it, look, it's, I get it, and I I understand that people want their opinion, and it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. But it's things I worry about more how, how it affects um, my girlfriend or my mom or my brother, and w- when they see these comments, it's not it's not yeah. nice for them. Um, yeah. It's it can be challenging for them when they read things like that. But the positives definitely outweigh all that stuff. I think yeah. when when you actually take everything in the grand scheme of things, where the friendships that I've made through through refereeing, the the, the amount of travelling that I've I've been lucky enough to do traveling to all around the world, experiencing an Olympic Games, mm-hmm. a Rugby World Cup Sevens, down in experiencing the Hong Kong Sevens a few times, traveling down to Cape Town, experiencing full crowds down at Greenpoint Stadium. Like that, like those those experiences are massive, and um, no amount of people voicing their their comments on Twitter or or, or Instagram are going to take those experiences away. Yeah, exactly. Well said. They can't. You've got those experience, and also I think just just quickly, the laws are laws, they're not rules. So there has to be an interpretation and a a, a bit of fluency, a bit of flexibility around it. So so there isn't the perfect answer to, to anything, isn't there? There's, there's very few things in rugby will be black and white. Um, you know, there'd be a lot of grey areas, and you've you know, and and your fellow referees have worked hard to be in that position to earn the right to to uh, interpret the laws and, and uh, as you see. So. Um, it's a it's a difficult gig. It's a difficult gig, but um, you're doing well, buddy. And good luck this weekend in uh, San Juan. Where are you? Did you see San Juan? Yeah, two That's hours, it. just two hours north of uh, Mendoza. And is it home after that? After this weekend? Home after that. Um, yep, head home on the on the Sunday to my seven month pregnant other half. Well, so get home. we're getting ready. 
we're preparing for a preparing for something new in in life. Yeah, I think this will be my last. Well, if you uh, last two rounds for a while. <laughs> well, if you thought refereeing was stressful, just wait two or three months and you'll find <laughs> out. Listen, thanks, Mike. Well done last weekend and good luck this weekend. Cheers, Mossy. It's always great to talk to referees to get their opinions. It always goes down well. Rach has joined you, you uh, training earlier on, didn't manage to uh, join in the call with, with Mike Adamson. But one of the, the kind of biggest pieces of interaction we get from, from the general public on podcasts like this is when we have referees on, Rach. So uh, Ad Mike is in good form, is over in Argentina. Um, somebody you know well as well, but you're preparing at the moment for, for World Cup, obviously. Um, th- do you have referees coming at your sessions as well? Is it something you look to do? That certainly the we don't have it as much as do. yeah we don't have it as much as I think we'd like. I think it's so important. I think it's it's tough just getting availability. Like it's so good. Like obviously our Scottish rugby refs are doing so well at the minute that yeah. they're wanted here, there, and everywhere across the world. So, um, we don't always have the their availability more than anything. Um, but I think it's so important to train with refs just to get an insight into what they're looking for because it's changing constantly in terms of like each season and even from you know competition to competition the focus point changes all the time and I think it's important for us as as teams to stay as up to date with that as possible and I think as a captain or or an on-pitch leader I think it's also important to have discussions I've had discussions with Holly before around what communication they want from us Um, you know it's so important as a leader to get that relationship right um, and I think like at the start of my career it's one thing that I did not get right because I just I, like it was having come to rugby from a sport where you didn't talk to refer to what right. we call umpires in hockey to uh, then where you've got that's such a big part of being a leader in, in rugby so I didn't quite get that and it was something that I've learned a lot from kind of observing and, and chatting to other leaders and referees and stuff like that so it's so important um, but I think as we work towards kind of more matches and more about how we're actually going to play and getting a bit more into kind of live stuff we'll, we'll hopefully get referees in and like I say get that that beneficial insight from them because it's so interesting I love it I think it's really interesting that's good that's interesting as well so you almost had to learn that you were allowed to talk to the referee because you oh, said okay it's not at all so it was, yeah. I thought when initially when you said it I thought you you said the early part of your career used to be a bit shouty at them and you had to pull it back not but so it was the opposite shouty. it's I the opposite that... you almost had to learn to engage because it was something yeah. you never like so, I obviously I played hockey before, and the you com- you communicate to an extent with a ref- with an umpire, but it's not the same way in that you make decisions, for example, or yeah. they pull, very rarely pull you for like loads of conversations and stuff like that. So the that kind of transition between you being the own the real sole voice on the pitch and mm-hmm. the decision maker and the person communicating messages and all that kind of stuff, and and you being able to challenge them and put things in their head as well, that was. Which is like is true, like in terms of Absolutely. if you want to try and kind of bring their attention to things, that that was something that I massively had to learn as as a leader in in rugby. And I was lucky I had someone like Sarah Hunter at, at my club who is probably one of the best in in the game in terms of you know the way she communicates with the ref and gets them on side. So I was I was super lucky to to learn from someone like that. But I when I watch rugby now I spend so much time watching that relationship, which is probably really weird. But like when I watch, I listen to the conversations that go on between captains or on pitch leaders and, and and the the referees because um I think there's so much you can learn from different people's styles and and even just phrases and how they kind of phrase because you get messages on from you know you know what it's like you get messages yeah. on from your, your coaching team being like that's this many penalties but it's how you then communicate that in an effective way which isn't telling them that they've missed it it's yeah. telling the it's, it's how you bring their attention to it without 
kind of disrespecting them, which is super important, I think. And something that's really unique about rugby is how much we show respect to our officials. It's really good about rugby that we have that respect and 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 kind of maintain it as well. And and they are quite big on it as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny is just we had that similar conversation or similar topic with with Mike, where he obviously as a referee meets the head coaches. Or, or has feedback with the head coaches prior to the game, after the games as well. And he was talking about Dave Rennie's feedback from last week to, to this week. And it's very much the same as what you're saying in terms of like the, the coach or the player going to the referee and saying, listen, what do you need us to do better? Rather than the coach or the player telling the referee what they need to be better at. So yeah. it is almost, yeah. listen, you know, can they, what can we do? And it's, it's that classic case of, you know, looking after yourself first and foremost. You can control what you can do. You yeah. can control other things. So it's... Uh, it's good to know that, you know, from a coach's perspective and a leadership perspective, I, I, listen, when, when there's a glaring mistake, they'll be told as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not... You know, yeah, like they're constantly under review. And... Yeah, it, it's, how, it's how you communicate it, how you tell that, <laughs> how you ask questions. But I think that the brunt of it is that the players and the coaches want to improve themselves. So the, the referee ultimately has less yeah. effect in the game, which is, which is good. But you're still in camp. We are indeed. <laughs> still going, building up. The, and we actually just have a look at the date as well. The... the the game against the USA at Dam Health, 27th of August. And it, it's, it's, this is that time of year where everyone just creeps up on you. You think yeah. it's miles away, but it's not. It's only a couple of weeks. And yeah. A bit more work I to do, get the Commonwealth Games, athletes back in, is it on, on Monday this week? This uh, Monday, yeah. So, so you've, yeah. Uh, you're zeroing in, you're narrowing in on these games, these fixtures. Yeah, I think it's all come round. It's all come round quite quick. It felt like we had ages before those yeah. girls joined us, and suddenly they're here. And I'm like, wait, that means that we've already done a bit two months, which is true. But I think it's all, you know, we've had a really good block in terms of focusing around like our contact and lots of forward specific stuff with a little bit of kind of wider based stuff with some of the backs that we've got built in. But I think we're now ready to bring it all together. We're very ready to kind of think yeah. now start thinking about how are we going to play. Um we can't wait to have the whole group back together as well. Like it's mm-hmm. it, I think like you know separately we've both had brilliant vibes and, and had a brilliant summer in terms of those guys doing the sevens and and us guys getting back together as 15s. But I can't wait to to have everyone together on Monday. I think it's going to be probably I spoke to Ryan about it around, you know, I think this first session might be a bit carnage because like we've not all been together for ages and everyone's super excited to see each other and stuff like that. So yeah, we were back together Monday, three days training and then off to to the Marines for a bit of team building work and whatever else, who knows, um, to bring us back together. And then like you say, yeah, USA match week after that, finishing up with the game on the 27. So see where we're at. Basically, mm. and that's what these games are for. That's what the, the, yeah. it's preparatory, isn't it? You want to win absolutely, and you want to get your systems right. But any first hit out of the season is never perfect. Well, the last hit out of the season is never perfect, but you need those games. So it's important to twenty seventh the USA, and then a couple of weeks after that, uh, Spain on the on the eleventh September, both at Dam Health. So that's the you know all the training you do. You need to get in to to the game situation, and uh, and all the games will be on top of us before we know it. The, um, the other thing came on last week was the Super Six was back. Of course, uh, Super Six on, on Friday night. I was through it here. Uh, I know you watched the game. You were inter- you were interacting <laughs> there as I was watching the game. But what did you think? That the, the Bulls obviously came out in top nine, thirty-three, seventeen. Some quality tries. But as a viewer, what was uh, what was your take on the on the opening game? 
Um, do you know what? That wasn't the score I thought it was going to be. Yeah. In the like in the first half, if I'm honest, I thought it'd be a bit tighter. I thought Harriet's looked really good from an attacking point of view. Couple of good tries, eh? Couple of really good tries. Um, considering like the, like um the boys touched on last week, you know they've had a really short amount of time together in terms of pre-season. So to be mm. able to put those kind of attacking plays and and good tries together on on first match, like this shows their intent for the season and the way they want to play. Here in the second half, I think played more how we expected them to play in terms of that piece and the first half they let their discipline kind of fall away yeah. a little bit whereas in the second half I think they sorted that and then allowed them to stay on top and, and get the territory and have opportunities further up the field but I think in terms of first outing for both teams it, it was a good contest a good match to watch and pretty exciting yeah no I agree I think the um was it the first Harris try that was so often I said this at the time so often to see the you know, five metres out, or pick and go, or pick and go, pick and mm. go. No invention, no shift, no moving the target. I thought Herod's worked out really well. Um, yeah. Probably deliberately to get away from the, the power of, of, of Ayrshire Bulls a wee bit in terms of just not going straight up, pick and go. There was a, you know, a shorter pass to get, move the target and then finish off a couple of inside balls. But yeah, I thought exactly the same. I thought Herod's looked the better of teams in the first half. And then Ayrshire Bulls just got a hang of it. Pat, afterwards, MacArthur mentioned that the discipline in the first half wasn't good enough. Um, it was good in the second half that uh, set piece laid the platform exactly how Ayrshire Bulls have been successful before yeah. but it was it was executed really well so yeah uh, I know and, and play the match was Blair McPherson it could have been it could have been it James Malcolm two, yeah, <laughs> two tries came on made an impact bro and, and Pat again mentioned that I actually don't think Ayrshire Bulls got the you'll probably know more than me in this but the reward that they deserved from a fairly dominant scrum in the first half but didn't yeah, say yeah, it looked a little bit, I don't know if unfair is the right word, it looked a wee bit messy. But yeah, no, I thought that their, their scrum should have had a little bit more reward than it than it did get. But no, the like Pat touched on after the game, I think the you know, the two what their strength is gonna be this season is that they've got six yeah. probably more than that as well outside that squad, six pretty substantial, like very good front rows. So they've got mm-hmm. the opportunity where they can play three in themselves for forty minutes and then play mm-hmm. another three and, and do the same job. And I think, you know, that's if that's the way they want to play in terms of that set piece game, like that's gonna be massive for them. And it's hard to hard to compete with that. You see, you know, the likes of South Africa do very similar yeah. and and it is, it is effective because, you know, it's not traditionally what most teams do. And it does mean that you catch that kind of 20 minute window after half time where other front rows and, and stuff like that are starting to fatigue and, and you've got fresh set of legs coming on. So um, they're, in, they're in a good position at the minute with, with the talent they've got there. Totally. Good squad. <laughs> they, uh, they, they travel to Waltonians this weekend. Waltonians uh, won on the road against Southern Knights uh, 36-12. Again, a first half where not much in it took ages to get first points first tries but I think the second half Watson's just probably ground down Southern Knights look to be a bit tired a couple of good change of directions led to a couple of tries for, for Watsonians so that game between Watsonians actually Saturday 2pm Watsonians and Bulls similar styles that'll be a that'll be a big clash on Saturday Saturday afternoon as well yeah, definitely. And I think Watsonians have gone a kind of ridiculous number of games or yeah. something without losing as well. So they're on to a bit of a, I know it's the first game of this season, but obviously both teams have, have won a lot in the in the last kind of season or so. So I think it will be a good contest. It's, it's always exciting to get one of those nice and early to see how they match up and create a wee bit of a rivalry, if anything. So um, no, I think it'll be a good contest. And like you say, two pretty similar styles of rugby as well. So it'll be, it'll be tough for both teams. Mm, it's 2pm uh, at my side Saturday afternoon that's on Scottish Rugby website as well and BBC Sport uh, well, website as well um, the other game for the weekend Stirling came up short at home Barrymore Bears won on the road again at, uh, at Stirling 
And to be honest, I was I was a bit surprised. I thought Sterling would maybe hit the ground running, but Birmingham Braves were, were really good. Their composure, I think that the three tries they scored and it originated from set pieces inside the opposite to inside yeah. the five, ten meter line. And that's a that's a hard place to retain possession for a minute, a minute and a half. Not because yeah. only because the opposition would turn over, but you have to be squeaky clean in terms of your discipline as well. But where Birmingham Bears scored, you know, sprint series and last year, a lot of kind of flowing tries. They've almost got that contrast right as well, because they were really impressive. I don't know if you saw any of it, but in terms of how they manage the game, how they, they, they put up a great defence and yeah, I don't know, just, just a brave performance against Stirling who, who did want to attack, who can attack. But I thought Burham, your Bears' composure in terms of all three tries added to the, the, the ability they've got to play wide. Well, I was yeah. so impressed with. Absolutely. I would say across like all three games, I was quite impressed with the balance across the attacking tries, the set piece and, and mm-hmm. everything else that I do think like, you know, we've talked about it before, the trajectory of this Super 6 is that it is improving season on season and and we're seeing, you know, more contested games. But like at the minute, like, you know, you've got teams and all, all of those teams competing in all, in all three of those games. So I think, you know, this week will be really interesting to see some of those more matchups and see see how they fare and get a wee bit more, hopefully, of an idea. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. So that's that's the main thing. <laughs> Good start. Uh, week two, as we say, uh, Knights uh, against Bears. Uh, Green Yards, that's, that's on three sports on Friday night. And then Waltonians Bulls, as I say, 2pm my side on Saturday. Uh, and then 4.30 kick-off on Saturday, Stirling versus edits uh, and the two Saturday games said Scottish Rugby website and on the website BBC Sport website so um, the other thing I suppose early season a lot of these teams need to, to deal with is knocks and bumps and niggles and injuries so uh, it, it's it's hard to get up and running with through you know relatively short pre-season but it'll be how the, the teams bounce back for week one will be really important so we'll, we'll see that we'll see how that goes over this weekend and just another, a piece of news uh, Joe Wilson obviously been with us through the summer uh, as a guest so she's having to take a bit of time off and step back a little bit but um Joe won't be with us for the next few weeks, but we'll look forward to, to inviting her back. And she's uh, she's really enjoyed her time in the podcast and she's looking forward to coming back, Rachel. She's, she had a good, good addition. Yeah, she was a brilliant addition, always uh, full of energy um, and always great for, for a chat. So, uh, yeah, no, look forward to having her back in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, Rach. Thanks again. Um, have a, a good week. Have a good weekend. Uh, I look forward to touching base next week. Thanks again to, to Mike Adamson over in, in Argentina. It's, it's always great to to hear from the referees and, and pick their brains and give our opinion to them as well. And thanks to everyone for listening and we'll join you again next week.